As you may know, we're right in the middle of March and astute calendar observers. Yes, in the U.S., we did just have daylight savings time, so we're an hour ahead. All kinds of sleep schedules screwed up. But more importantly, we have the NCAA tournament. It's March Madness. It's the best time of year. I can already hear the music playing. The March Madness CBS music, which I will call out because I heard three different ESPN broadcasters. I'm sorry, I don't remember their names. I know Myron Medcalf was one of them. Whatever radio show he was on as I was driving home tonight. They were playing Nelly, Heart of a Champion, which samples the wonderful NBA on NBC theme song by John Tesh. Round Ball Rock, as its official name is. And they all said, what is this song? I don't know, but that's the NCAA music. And I said, you're all wrong. You're all terribly wrong. So we're not listening to them tonight, but we are listening to perhaps the best college basketball savant I know, friend of the podcast, Chris Hayes. Chris, welcome in. Oh, man. Just like you said, uh, like every year around this time, it's daylight savings time. The clocks change. The brackets come out. And I get a text a week before the brackets come out from Joey Held saying, are you down for a podcast in a week? And it's great when you have the save messages back and forth because we really just went on before this podcast (laughs) and did what we talked about last year. And I haven't heard from you since March 15th of last year. So it's good. It's good to be back as always. I know this post-pandemic time is very odd because we did have a baseball experience uh, in 2019 when we you were you had just recently moved to New York and I was there on a vacation. We caught a Mets game. You entertained a I don't know an eight year old kid for most of yeah <laughs> most yeah, of the that. event. I remember that. Yeah, you know, just a, a teacher rubbing out, uh, coming out of me at any time. You know, ready to go. Also, definitely got lost in the subway. I remember getting up to there and just being like, I missed the subway. I have no idea what's going on. And that never got better when I lived in New York. So for those that figured out the subway in New York, good for you. I don't know how you guys did it all before Google Maps. Yeah, we definitely got lost a couple times as well. Uh, To that game, in fact, going to the Mets game, we're on the subway for, I don't know, 15 minutes. And then I'm looking at Google Maps and it's, it's going away from where. We need to go. And finally, I like get up and ask someone. I'm like, hey, is this the right way? And they're like, no, you got to go back the other way. So then I think we just got off and took a like a lift or something over because I was just like, I don't I don't want to deal with this again. <laughs> sounds, sounds about right for the for the New York experience. <laughs> so can we get just a, a quick little for people who might be newer to the podcast have not listened to previous episodes? What's the rundown? Why should we value what you have to say? Well, um, I (laughs) was a college athlete in football, so I have an expert in that. Um, I have coached a lot of basketball, a lot of basketball uh, between the middle school and the high school level. So I feel that I have some significance in that. And once again, uh, this year, I have caught up on basketball, especially the men's game, uh, as much as I can in the last three weeks to figure out who's been good. And I did watch the carrier, the aircraft carrier games. So that's another reason why you should take my opinion. When everyone was saying Gonzaga and Michigan State were going to be the top five teams in the country, we know how that's gone so far this season. So <laughs> that's that's what I'd say what my bona fides are um, from there. And don't forget, I told you this earlier, I just finished watching a documentary about why the Grizzlies moved out of Vancouver, where I currently am located. So if you want to know more about that, watch that 
documentary. Don't really talk to me because I was half listening and scrolling through Twitter watching the selection shows. <laughs> so quite a few credentials is yeah. really the, the moral of the story there. I like that. I mean, it's going to be tough next year when CBS asks me to be on their pregame shows and I'm going to have to turn you down. But I might give you exclusive <laughs> rights to the content right after that. Okay, I like that. Yeah, as long as I can link to it. <laughs> I think that'll be, that'll be the key thing there. Without giving too much of the sauce away, do you have a favorite play for when you're coaching basketball? Yes, it's actually an inbound play. It, it works probably nice. about once or twice a game. Uh, it, it's a uh, under the hoop, get your tallest player, take it from high school. Uh, you got a line of four under that hoop. Per the tallest player, take a step back. Everyone steps in. You toss it up to your big, your big right there. They catch it, and it's usually a catch and put right back in. So that one works. And then uh, if you play a couple teams uh, during the season, they know what's coming, so you just build off of that, which is a lot of fun. I like it. I like it. I, yeah, I always liked the uh, – we had a similar, like, split play, we'd call it, where someone would walk through and everyone else just, like, closes a door, uh, a human door, a wall, if you were. <laughs> It's very much like Red Rover, yes. all in one one wonderful play. But we're not here to talk about middle school and high school basketball as entertaining as it is. I was regaling some very, people. Very yes. entertaining. We love it. We're here to help everyone listening filling out their March Madness brackets. And I think we're going to do it in a much more enjoyable way than if you just listen to someone rattle off, I don't know, your, your quad one victories versus your Kempom ratings versus your net none of that we've got a much more i'd say robust way of going through the ncaa brackets and i believe you're filling one out as yes we i want to discuss keep it where i actually have the one that we do from our podcast because every year we've done this i end up making changes after we do it so i want to keep one on my espn uh bracket that is ours that we create during this. So I'm interested to see how well that one does compared to my actual one where I sit down tomorrow and go through it. <laughs> so from an actual basketball standpoint, is there anything in particular that you look for as you're picking a team? I, I try and I actually look now for some of the upsets on the Thursday or Friday early games, especially if it's you know one of those where it's in a random location for a team. Um, because I just think those like empty arenas, you know, you're coming to March Madness. This is really exciting. And you're a big time program that has an empty arena around you. And next thing you know, you don't have that energy that you've had at home games or even away games. You're just all of a sudden in kind of like an open gym situation. So I kind of look for those uh, a little bit when I actually try and pick some of the upsets. And then uh, where I used to pick a lot of upsets, I usually go pretty chalk for the most part, um, which of course doesn't help when St. Peter's now goes to the Sweet 16 or the Elite 8 and something I used to do, but is now happening all the time that I don't do anymore. You uh, mentioned those early start times. Throughout this podcast episode, we're going to be sharing some facts from ESPN that just go to show you, you can really kind of finesse data however you want to do it because it's all based on previous tournaments. And it's also very obviously just picking and choosing specific time frames for everything. So it's not like all of these are since 1979 or 1985, which is when the tournament expanded to at least 64 teams. It's just kind of like 
you know, whenever for, for these things. And fun little fact here, that each of the past four number three seeds to lose to a number 14 seed have come from the Big 12 Conference. We're looking at these start times, one of those games on Friday. UC Santa Barbara versus Baylor. The Gauchos. The Gauchos. Well, I'm being confused the with the banana slugs. I feel like some people get their uh, banana slugs and their gauchos confused there with the UC Santa Barbara. But the the number three Baylor Bears, who in a similar position, what, uh, eight years ago against Georgia State where they lost that game. So I know the team's changed and all of that. But, you know, history does find a way to repeat itself. Is a Cubs fan that you are, uh, you lived <laughs> that for a long time, that there's a whole new front office, whole new teams, everything, and the same results kept happening. <laughs> so I'm feeling that a little bit with Baylor right now. Yeah, sometimes it's just like certain teams just seem very haunted by it. Of course, for me, I like to look at a couple of different factors. How old is the team? I think having that experience is often a very good thing. There's some some calculators out there where you can see, you know, some sort of general age of players and you want to look at the guards on the team and if they are at least 21 years old i'm feeling confident about the team we remember miami making the elite eight last year the average age of that team was like 36 and a half yeah. where was it say, was all like 60 or seniors it was delightful what information <laughs> and which teams have you found to be the oldest so far since of this covid eligibility rule where i'm looking and watching games and realizing that players i watched before the pandemic are still on a court playing for their third team or with UCLA still that I had forgotten were still on the team. Yeah, it's uh there's there's a handful that have uh, a good amount of players. I know one that people love because it has Oral in their name, Oral yeah. Roberts, who made a run to the Sweet 16 in a worse position. They were a 15 seed 2 years ago. They're a 12 seed this year. They have basically that same team. They lost one of the key pieces, but they have the same guy, Max A. Smith, who has a B in his name, but there's no, no B when you're pronouncing it. So I, that's not something I've looked into as much of whether there's silent letters in someone's name, if that makes them a better player, <laughs> better team, or anything like that. I think you could work uh, other, ESPN stats and data then, if you did. I think I could, yeah. yes. And I could find all kinds of fun little statistics to look at. Uh, Indiana, I think, is another team that has a lot of old olds on it. And even Miami, our yes. own Miami Hurricanes, despite perhaps injuries going to weigh them down. One I... other thing that I'm looking for, courtesy of ESPN, this fact. If a team has finished under 500 in conference play, or under four games under 500, they haven't lost in the first round. So this year we've got West Virginia, 7-11 and in conference but it might be good enough to win their first round game. That's incredible. The other one I thought was interesting was Auburn had forgotten that they got out to like a, like 16 and two start or something, but ended on with only 20 wins. It's amazing. (laughs) Like it's just, but everyone's just saying there, you know, I was watching the pregame show and again, I've not watched a single second of Auburn basketball since last year when Miami dominated them <laughs> to reach the sweet 16. Um, but I think that they, you know, I, I, I don't trust them, but everyone's just like, I could see Auburn getting to the sweet 16 or elite eight this year against a weekend Houston team. I'm like, how they've won four <laughs> games in the last two months. That doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah, this is one of those years where it just seems like everyone is limping towards the end. And I mean, I get it. It's a it's a long season. For most people, it's like you. It's just three weeks and then here's the tournament. Like that's that's what we've been paying attention to. But there have been. There's there's those cold games. I remember these games in high school. It's like December twenty sixth and you're you're still full from your Christmas dinner. You're you know, you opened up Yoshi's story. This was a, a Christmas Eve oh, gift man. I had when you're... Miss Yoshi's story. Oh, what a gem. That theme song <laughs> is pretty fantastic. We'll drop it in the show notes. Um, but speaking of laying eggs, I mean, you're going to see some of those, some of these schools that have just like completely fallen apart. Sometimes, literally, Tennessee, another school we haven't talked about where one of their key players injured. UCLA is like that as well. And then you just have to weigh, like, is that enough? Like, if I, you know, if I was walking down the street and someone hit me in the kneecap, like, could I still continue to play basketball? And I think that's, like, a microcosm of what we're looking at overall. Of Like, if this one part of the giant that is Alabama or whatever school you're looking at, like, how can they fare without them? And it's always something you either very much overreact to or undervalue, and then it comes back to bite you. And again, you could be totally healthy and have this great team, and all of a sudden, you know, FAU upsets Purdue in the second round because Purdue just goes cold from the three-point line. Like, that's <laughs> that's what's crazy about this tournament, that one-game sample size where it just takes uh, one, one crazy game of shooting. Or the time when uh, uh, Miami lost to Villanova, um, and I remember it in the first half where Miami shot – close to 50% uh, from the field, but was down 20 because Villanova shot 85% from the field. <laughs> and it's like, uh, oh, who was it? Uh, Angel Rodriguez, right? Um, mm-hmm. And he was just walking off the court, just being like, I don't know what to do. Like, we played really well, and we're down 20. Like, what do we do here? So these one-game <laughs> things, again, like you said, even with injury, you could be totally healthy, and it's just a bad night from shooting because these guys are college kids. And... Next thing you know, they're out. I know you mentioned Oral Roberts earlier before we get into our, our creative way of doing this. My last little nugget of um, basketball wisdom is I feel that Duke is the team that's getting hot at the right time. Uh, they are playing that veteran Oral Roberts team that you're talking about. So my pick is either Oral Roberts is going to upset Duke in this first round or Duke's going to win and make it to the Final Four championship. So it's one or the other for Duke. Either first round exit or they're going to be in the championship just because it doesn't make sense that all of a sudden John Shire <laughs> comes in after shashevsky has been there forever and like wins the championship in his first year. My one claim to fame, which is why one reason I would root for Duke is that I played basketball against John Shire in high school. He went to one of the, the schools that was in our conference. So I played him twice every year. And similarly, we had one of our greatest games as a high school team. Our coaches talked to us after the game. They were like, that was, that was pretty good. That was among your best game you've ever played. And we lost by over 30 points to a John Shire-led Glenbrook North. We'll give the shout-out to his old, his old school. Oh, man. That had to be an experience. Yeah, that's tough. Great game, guys. <laughs> we did everything we could to <laughs> still lose by 30. <laughs> a wonderful time. So, of course, one of the other ways you can fill out a bracket is forget about all the basketball analytics. Don't worry about seeds. Don't look where they're playing, what their record is, who's injured, how many fans you expect them to have in the crowd. Just look at the mascots. Because one of the, the pageantries 
of college sports is the mascots. Every time I go to a March Madness event in person, because they have the regionals all throughout the country, they rotate every year. Last year, went up to Fort Worth, got to see eight different, well, no, seven different mascots, because San Diego State did not bring their Aztec with them. So no mascot for San Diego State. Special shout out to the Creighton Blue Jay, who was running into the locker room with the team, and I called out, I believe the name is Billy, Billy the Blue Jay. We looked up all the mascot names to make sure. Called out Billy on a dime. Billy is running, stops on one foot, turns around. I could literally hear the like skirt as they turned around, came over, took the picture, got to the locker room. And Creighton got that first round win, first round win. And I like to think it was because of that motivating picture. <laughs> yes. I think you have to take all the credit for that. It was not. Not McDermott coaching or anything like that. It was all your work given now, Billy the Blue Jay, some love. <laughs> that is correct. I am, I am the catalyst for this. So if you don't care anything about basketball and want to just pick a team, let's just pick one team from each region, your Final Four team, purely based on mascot alone. Wow. Uh, from the not to South- put you on the spot. No, I, I, it's good though. I like it. Um, I got to go the Gauchos in the South region. I like it. I, I also like the Gauchos. Uh, I, I, you know what? Creighton's in that region. So let's, I'm going to pick Creighton. Okay. Uh, what is Kennesaw state again? They're the owls. Ooh. So I'm on an owl Ooh. kick right now that, that I, I, I know there's two owls, so I don't want to use them as my owl kick, uh, here right now. <laughs> I'm uh, working at a uh, school right now doing a little subbing where they're the owl. So hence my, my owl uh, love right now. Oh man, this is, this is, I don't love any of the mascots and I'm going to be biased on this one. And I have to just say hurricanes is probably the most creative in this whole round for the Midwest. Is that the one we were looking at? Or did you ask me East? I didn't ask you any of them. I just, Midwest I'm going hurricanes. Go, yeah. So I've got okay, the gauchos yeah. and the hurricanes uh, as two of my final four teams. I mean, Sebastian is, I would say, the greatest mascot of all time. So I think that's probably um, cheating to to go with that. I'll give you another pick so that we're not both saying our alma mater. But uh, the Kent State Golden Flashes, they have an eagle who's named Flash. I just like Golden Flashes in general. I think that's kind of... Um, like I like when, when Golden is thrown on uh, to a, a otherwise you know, normal kind of name, like Golden Eagles is a a name for, I think, a couple different teams. And there's really no reason for it. It just adds a little, you know, some extra letters. But I like it. I like, you know, why not encase yourself in in gold? That's one of the things I've been disappointed is that a lot of schools have been getting rid of the color in front of the name. Like, I think, what is it? Like, Rutgers was the Scarlet Knights, and now they're just the Knights. Um, Ah, UCF had, I think, yeah, like a couple (laughs) of teams have moved away from the color in front. I just think it's so unique to college sports. They've, they've got to go back to that. Like imagine if it was, you know, like the Kennesaw state gray owls, like that's fun. (laughs) It's better than owls. I might pick them if they were the gray owls, but just because they're owls. (laughs) Gray owls would be great. Uh, Yeah. I'm on board. I'm on board. All right, All right, I'm let's moving down, down to the, the West. To the I'm going West, down to the yes. West just mainly because I have it because there's two I really like in this. I like the St. Mary's Gales, which are really close. And if they were probably in any other bracket, I'd choose them. Uh, but I do love I do love the TCU Horn Frogs. 
And a great mix up today on the CBS pregame show is that by mistake, one of the um, analysts called TCU the Texas Froghorns, which, as many of you know that follow sports, is confusing TCU with the Texas Longhorns, uh, which is too bad to see. But the TCU Horn Frogs uh, and their Hypnotoad are are some of my favorite, uh, you know, modern day uh, mascots in sports. So I'm going TCU Horn Frogs in the West region. That's a great pick. I do love the Horned Frogs. I'm going to be texting you, and we'll drop this in the show note as well. The Grand Canyon Antelopes, just a very graceful animal, and doing a dunk in this photo, like probably off of a trampoline, but we can't see the trampoline, so it just looks like a little bouncy, bountiful antelope. And I think the thing to call out here is both of these schools, purple is their main school color, and just those purple uniforms, TCU will be wearing a white uniform in their first game because they're the, the lower seed. But if they make it to round two, they'll probably be wearing purple. Maybe they'll be wearing black. I don't know. But purple will be factored in at some way for both of these schools. And I love a purple uniform. Our high school had purple as part of our color. I think it just... When you lost very to John nice... Shire, you guys were wearing purple? Uh, I think we were wearing black then. Oh, yeah, I, think, okay. I think black was our our main. And then I don't even know if we had an alternate. But we had purple in our colors. So like the white and purple and, and black. I mean, I... I am loving this uh, part of the bracket for just colors and mascots. There's a chance that there are three teams in the same little region of the bracket in the second round, in the round of 32, that would be all purple. TCU, Grand Canyon, and Northwestern, which then means we could have an all-purple matchup in the Sweet 16. That's much better than the all-blue matchup that we could potentially get if basically every other team wins, if Nevada, Gonzaga, and Boise State win. And, and how uh, about that? The fact that there's yeah. also the Iona Gales. We could have a Gale matchup uh, in in this bracket as well at some point down the road here. I mean, oh this is goodness. this is a. I just. I mean, I just blew over. I mean, we could have yeah. This <laughs> round of thirty two could be the Gales versus the Gales. <laughs> that is pretty fantastic. And I guess what are what are a Razorback? Is that a like a warthog? Yeah. Do we know? Okay. Yeah, it's like a warthog situation. I mean, I love okay. that. I mean, you have the most unique names, I think, of like, there's no other Jayhawk out there. You got the Razorbacks. You got Illinois just being a line eye, uh, which you, you probably could explain more at some point. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll skip over, you know, Huskies, fine. Gonzaga Bulldogs, fine. Um, Northwestern, uh, what, Wildcats, that's creative. I do love the Boise State Broncos, though. And the UCLA Bruins are just classy, you know, classic. Not even, not just classy, but classic. Yes, a good, and I, I believe the uh, maybe winningest program, something, something, something like, that. like that. I don't know. Do we even uh, know what UNC you, Asheville is? I'm gonna put you on the spot. UNC. I Asheville. just looked it up. It's a bulldog named Rocky, Ooh. and there's Ooh. a. Uh, it's been the mascot since the 1930s, and there's a statue on campus of Rocky, which I assume people pet for. Good luck and belly scratches. Of course they do. That's uh, that's the dream. <laughs> when when we come back as in our next lives as bulldogs, hopefully we're mascot bulldogs. I hope so. I hope I'm the slobbery kind of bulldog. You know those ones where it's like you pet their back and yet you're still like your hand is soaking wet. Yeah, there's no yep. rhyme or reason to it. Oh, just, I love it. It love just it. everywhere. Like you don't even get close <laughs> to the mouth. You're like walking by it and like ten feet away, and somehow you're like, I'm I'm covered in dog saliva <laughs> and they're just breathing so hard <sighs> that's my limited bulldog impression <laughs> 12 out of 10 no notes
Yeah. <laughs> People thought that there was actually a dog there. I was worried. I had it. I had the, a different screen open, so I didn't. I thought a dog commandeered the situation. All right, moving into the east, our final region. You teased perhaps an owl pick here. Is that your final choice? I, it's close. I mean, you got the Raging Cajuns in there, and it's hard to pick against the Raging Cajuns as the best one right now. But I, I think the owls need some love, and I, I'm going to go owls as this one. I mean, you do get a possible wildcat matchup uh, with Kentucky and Kansas State in Round of 32, uh, you've got some good old Greek and Roman mythology with the Spartans and the Trojans in the first <laughs> game. You know, you have, the, you have Duke, it's the Blue Devils, again, throwing another blue in front of, or throwing a color in front of the actual mascot. And Boilermakers, there's no other Boilermaker nickname out there. You know, who else is named after a train? You don't have, you know, the Long Island Amtrak's. Like, that'd be kind of cool, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> I'd very much like the Long Island Amtraks. What's frightening, though, is that the Purdue, like, uh, train, it's not really a mascot, I guess. It's more of like the logo design of the train is super cool. But their mascot, Purdue Pete, is one of the most terrifying inventions I've ever seen. Just like soulless eyes. Just, uh, it's not something. Night- nightmare fuel, for sure, is uh, yes. is Purdue Pete. Um one of those, like, I think we could update at some point to make a little bit more fun and friendly. But now we're going to go with the night night terror um, issues there. But, you know, they bring the train out there, which is always fun. Uh, but, yeah, and then Montana State, the Bobcats. So you got you got a lot of cats, a lot of cats in this game, in this bracket. A lot of cats, including my honorable mention, the Texas Southern Tigers. Ooh. Only, only for, and we'll drop this in the show notes too. Last year, I mentioned having gone to the games in Fort Worth. One of those games was Texas Southern versus the Kansas Jayhawks. And the Jayhawks have a full-sized mascot, but they brought Baby Jay, which Ooh. is a small Jayhawk. And the jersey number is one half. It's very cute. And they did a dance-off at one point. And Baby Jay's dance kind of looks like um, maybe like a Mickey Mouse style where it's like kind of like waving the hands over the air. Like every, you know, everyone's just kind of having like fun time. Like look at that cute little mascot. And there's a literal point where the Texas Southern mascot, who's like a buff tiger, is just like pointing at someone else, like glancing back at the at Baby Jay dancing like this can bird. <laughs> and and then the music changes and the Texas Southern mascot starts dancing. I think Tommy the Tiger is is this mascot's name. Tommy just starts going hog wild, like doing much more impressive dance moves, easily wins the dance battle. And Baby J being the good sport that they are is just like clapping on the side, like, yeah. <laughs> so an honorable mention to Texas Southern, but I uh they you know, as of as of us recording this, they haven't even played their first four games. So they might lose to the Fairleigh Dickinson Knights, which for chess fans that's your that's your pick because their mascot literally looks like a knight piece that you would have in a chess game. I am gonna go with the Raging Cajuns though, the Louisiana that a boy. Raging Cajuns, whose mascot's name is Cayenne. I had to look up. Really? Yeah, that's wonderful. Which is that is wonderful. Fantastic. Oh, well done uh, and, by them. And a related mascot is the uh, Fighting Okras, <laughs> but I I have no idea where. I guess Delta State is the mascot, but. You search for Louisiana, you get Delta State. Yeah, that's that's interesting. We also <laughs> forgot how cat heavy this uh, this is such a cat heavy um, part of the bracket that we forgot about the Vermont catamounts. Ah, 
another great name, another great name. But I, I'm still, I'm, I'm thinking owls. Owls pick up cats all the time and swoop them away. Sorry, kids, uh, that that might what happened. So I'm going owls. So we've got what is this six, uh, six tiger mascots in this, an owl. A raging Cajun, and we've got two golden eagles as well. Marquette and Oral Roberts are both golden eagle teams. That's very exciting. I I do like the cat heavy prowess. I would I would much rather pick a dog over a cat, but I think in this region you you might have to go with a cat at least in some of the matchups because you can't not pick a cat sometimes and we didn't even we didn't even pick the memphis tigers or talk about them being another cat animal just, every time i look at this bracket there's another cat <laughs> another cat pops up which is very realistic for how cats are you think yeah. there's just one cat in the house turns out there's seven there was a cat like a week ago i was leaving my house just out of the bushes like as i'm walking out the front door just approaches me i was like Meow! and i I'm like, I don't know what you want. Like, I need to go to my car. Please don't get in it with me. Then the cat walked off. So maybe understood my my pleas to not follow me. <laughs> Today we were coming, we were going out to the beach, um, which I know in Vancouver is weird to do during the winter, but it, it, we were headed that way. And we went by one house where we looked over and it was 1980s good old fashioned fun with the sun climbing up a tree. He was like halfway, about two thirds of the way up chasing his cat up the tree who was also climbing up the tree which was incredible <laughs> to watch and then watching the little sister below who had a real hammer and was smashing something and no parents in sight no one around i'm like man that is just good old 1980s fun right there no adult supervision <laughs> kids climbing a tree without anything safety around him trying to get his cat that's probably terrified and doesn't want to be up there or get away from the cat and then just the little sister who's probably two, he's eight maybe, and she's six, just whacking away with a real hammer. Uh, phenomenal experience we had today. <laughs> Truly living the American dream. In, in Canada. <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> Even better. So just to recap, since we went a little, uh, you know, a little in-depth in some of these different mascots, who are your four picks from the Southeast, West, and Midwest. You can do it in whatever order. I don't care. And I totally <laughs> had, did not do that bracket fill out like I said I was going to. I have the Gauchos. <laughs> I have the Hurricanes. I have the TCU Horn Frogs and the FAU Owls. Love it. I love it. I guess I can say mine as well. Please do. As I hopefully remember <laughs> everyone that I said. In the South, I've got the Creighton Blue Jays. Got to go with Billy Blue Jay. As much Billy as I'd Blue love Jay. to pick Miami in the Midwest. I will instead stick with the Golden Flashes of Kent State. Then popping down into the west to the Grand Canyon Antelopes, and then over to the east. Uh, it is very tough, but gotta go with Cayenne, the Raging Cajun I from Louisiana. It. Man, just putting our brackets together and seeing the seeds that are in it is incredible. <laughs> I mean, we both, have, we both have 14 seeds making it. I mean, it's never happened in the history before, but very well could. It's going to be really awful when, the, when Kennesaw State is the Owls team that makes it as the 14th seed. And I could have done it. <laughs> and I could have done it, but I wanted to go with the FAU Owls. You could have believed instead. We are going to regret this. You doubted. <laughs> I'd say the only other thing 
that you could also potentially concern yourself with as you're filling out brackets is looking at hairstyles and facial hair. And I think for that, the winning team has to be Gonzaga, the Bulldogs, led by Drew Timmy, who wears that headband, has like the floppy hair, has the mustache, just looks like the type of guy that, you know, is like 40 years old and uh, just dominates the YW or YMCA um, pickup basketball games that are over there. And so that's my facial hair pick, but I don't know if, if any other uh, facial hairs or uh, maybe short shorts or anything like that stand out to you. I, I have not followed enough to, for that to stand out. So I've got to go default as well uh, with, uh, with Drew Timmy, just because, again, another guy that's been playing forever. The, the UCLA guy, because uh, with the, he was in that Gonzaga game as well. He's got the floppy uh, hair. Um, oh, I forget his name. Man, I'm going to uh, Bruins men's basketball. <laughs> Who do we got here? Filling time. <laughs> He's there. He is. He's there in the Twitter profile. I mean, their whole hairstyle with Campbell has a, a great, great hair. That's true. Tiger Campbell and just a tiger great name. Another Campbell. Tiger. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he has he has just phenomenal hair. Yeah, I got to go UCLA. Oh, I'm going to find. I'm so close. He keeps showing up on every image right now, but I don't get his name. <laughs> oh, man. It's just such... He's got a headband. You know who I'm talking about. Jaime Jaquez? Is that it? Yes. Because he's got a great name as well. Yeah. Jaquez is a great name. Yeah. Jaime Jaquez. Yep. There he is. <laughs> there he is. Jaime Jaquez Jr., who's now a senior playing. A junior senior. Yeah. He's got a little Adam Driver look to him. Like, if... Adam Driver had to play um, Jaime Jaquez Jr. as a coach in 20 years right now. Like in a weird thing where usually you play like you get somebody that's younger than you to play you in the past. But if we did like a future thing where Jaime Jaquez Jr. is coaching, uh, you know, Grand Canyon, then uh, Adam Driver could do it right now. (laughs) Well, I look forward to seeing that movie. Yeah, coming up. So I'm I'm going I'm going UCLA with their with their hairstyles. I love it. I love it. Fantastic. So we've got we've got I think a flawless bracket. I think anyone listening picking out those four final four teams, we can't help you with the picks along the way because that's that's too much for free. We've got to we've got to limit the gems that we're dropping here. But I think if people follow our final four logic, one of the two of us I think will get all all four of those picks right. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I will. I will get my little tidbit. I am going that uh, three uh, all purple chance uh, at, at the round of thirty-two. Gonna get a little teaser. That's that's for free, everybody. I do love that. And let's give another ESPN stat since I said we're gonna tease yes. a lot of those. And I think I've said maybe two of them. Uh, this is my favorite, most convoluted one of the thirty-four teams that were a top two seed and in the AP top ten after entering the season unranked. None of them reached the final four. So I'm sure just looking at the bracket, you can tell, you know, who a top two seed is. They have a one or a two next to their name. Probably don't know the AP top 10 off the top of your head. I know I don't. I definitely don't know who entered the season unranked. I only know that North Carolina was number one and clearly did not even make the tournament because we love a good underachiever over here. Apparently this year, though, the teams that follow that criteria are Purdue and Marquette. So both in the same region. Yeah, well, that's why you got to go with the Owls there. Shaka Smart and them boys, though. 
Shaka Smart with hair. I, I yeah. realized I hadn't seen him for a while. He, he had a shaved head for probably, what, a decade? And all of a sudden has a head of hair now. Who he was knew? looking good. We were, we were watching today and we're like, whoa, he's, he's got the hair now. Looking good. I like I it. He looks I didn't good. Know he, know? I didn't know he I'm could grow it. For him. I'm yes. happy for him and, and, and Marquette. That's a, that's a fun story. But again, I don't trust them. <laughs> I won't bet. It's a fun story, but we do not trust them. I, I was going to ask you something else. but no, Okay, I, I have a question for you on that same vein is, who is your least trustworthy team in this tournament? Ooh, I do love a good least trustworthy team. I feel like to, to properly answer that, it's got to be a team that is favored in their first game, at least, right? Like, as a, or at least as a higher seed. Um, I know we talked about Baylor a little bit. That's always one that I think is a, a pretty... Except the year they won, I was oddly confident in them. But yeah. otherwise, it is a, a recurring theme. I'd say, as much as I hate to say it because it's one of your final four picks, I think TCU. Just because. Here's a little tidbit. That is this an ESPN coach, tidbit? No, this is a uh, oh, just is... a report that their coach perhaps is both verbally and physically abusive to players. Oof. And uh, their starting center, I believe, left the team as a result of it. And okay. that's uh, it's kind of a distraction, I think. So who knows? Maybe I shouldn't have picked them to make the final four. We were doing mascots. <laughs> we'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, we were doing we'll that was just a mascots some pick. way to come together. Again, oh, none man. of the rhyme or reason needs needs to make sense or anything I, like that, I think. I think when I look at least trustworthy teams, you think of Baylor, but they've won. Virginia used to be one of them. They won. Um, you know, near and dear to my heart is Miami because they're at that right position to get upset in the first round. So they're it. But I got to go Iowa State. Just, I, I see them in here. I've not watched any basketball, but I just feel like they're, they're now that new team that gets in. You're like, yeah, they're going to be that team that loses to one of those first four teams that makes the second round. I think that's a fair pick. They made the Sweet 16 last year as like one of the worst scoring teams. Like they had a stretch where I think, I don't remember the exact stats, but it was like under 45 points in two out of their three games. And then they make the Sweet 16. So go figure. Exactly. And that's why they bring us like the experts in to talk about it, because no one knows <laughs> what's going to happen. Oh, exactly. Man. That's, that's why I think it's always worth filling out a bracket. Like if your office is doing a pool, I know mine is. I'm in charge of it, of course. Uh, but it doesn't matter. Like, if you don't know basketball, like, that's the most common pushback. I'll get it. I like, I don't know anything about basketball. It doesn't matter. The person who won last matter. year did not really know much about basketball. Still won the whole thing. You just pick some teams, and hopefully you have fun doing yep. it. Yep. Yep. And, and usually those people that do it that way do better than I do every single year. <laughs> every single year. There was only one year I got, or I had a great stretch, and I say this every year I'm on your podcast. And that's where I should do my bona fides was the back-to-back years when Maryland won and then Syracuse won. I picked both those teams to win in both those years, and I have not been right at any of my champions since. <laughs> that's Least trustworthy impressive. team, the Wake Forest Chris Paul teams. Back-to-back years, I picked them to win. Both times got knocked out early. And <laughs> as our favorite Stu Gatz talks about, I should have known then that Chris Paul was not going to win any championships because he was always getting knocked out early in playoff rounds. <laughs> I'm impressed. You, I, don't, I definitely remember obscure like March Madness results, but I don't always remember teams I picked in the past. 
even even when they horribly let me down like that. Sometimes I do. Iowa State, also one of those schools. Back in the day, I when they were a little bit better than they were this season. So who knows? We're all we're all just throwing up toss ups left and right. If you had to pick an overall champion right now from whatever criteria we've done, whether it's mascots, whether it is I uh, you know color, uh, hairstyle, actual basketball capabilities. Who are you going with? Oh, man. This is one of those where, you know, again, least trustworthy team that falls into their Gonzaga all the time. I, I think I'm going to probably have a different answer tomorrow, but I think Gonzaga finally, like, it's one of those weird years where they'll finally have, like, their worst team, but they'll pull it off and win a national championship. And it'd be kind of cool to see Drew Timmy like win and, and exit, like just because he's kind of been a pretty cool face for bas- college basketball the last five, ten years. <laughs> I feel like his uh, post-game interviews are always pretty entertaining as well, and I think that would be a fun little thing to see. I'm going with another three seed, but they're up in the Midwest bracket, the Xavier Musketeers, for really no other reason than I like when I fill out the brackets and paper, which I always like to do one of, because I think it's fun to like see it next to the TV without having to be looking at another screen while I'm watching TV. I just like writing X. I just write X for Xavier, and I think it's just, it looks so cool on the bracket. There's no That's... real rhyme or reason to it. Like, they're a good team, but, I mean, they're playing the Owls in the first round, so they could very easily lose in the Owls. Uh, there's a lot of Texas schools in this bracket, and who <laughs> knows? Maybe schools. maybe Texas can borrow an X from Xavier and knock them out. So no actual basketball <laughs> rationale for that. But like you, I think the answer will change uh, over over time. If I were to choose it for basketball reasons, so I'm going with I like filling out one letter. <laughs> there you People go. Know who I'm talking about? Yeah. And of course, we'd be remiss if we also skipped out on the women's tournament bracket. You've been watching as the bracket, like, I don't know, 40 minutes before we finished recording, it finally got fully unveiled. What initially stands out to you? Uh, I am shocked one, a little uh, Homer here that our beloved Miami Hurricanes and shout out to Katie Meyer and uh, booster John Ruiz for getting through the sanctions, uh, (laughs) getting this team into the tournament. Uh, I was, I was shocked that they made it. Um, I am shocked that Iowa and Caitlin Clark did not get a number one seed. And I, I don't know, like Virginia tech, I I'm shocked. I know they won the ACC. I haven't actually watched any of their basketball this year. Uh, but they, everyone's high on them for some reason. So I, I'm surprised that they um, got a higher seed than Iowa did. Um, and, I, and I find that a, a, the bracket that uh, the Seattle Four, as the New York Times has it right now, <laughs> in here with Iowa as the number two and Stanford as the number one in that bracket, uh, I really hope that that um, is, the, is the final in the Elite Eight for that one, because I think that's going to be a really good game between Caitlin Clark and Cameron Brink, who are both two like, uh, very big-time big time, uh, players there. Uh, but South Carolina is really good. They're a mess. It's crazy. Watching South Carolina uh, play basketball, uh, Aaliyah Boston obviously is last year's reigning player of the year and probably first-round pick in the WNBA. But she, they just play like chaotic basketball, but just overwhelm everybody. So we'll see. As always, I don't know. That's my dismount. We'll see. I do love a good chaos, chaotic basketball. 
Uh, among the teams in the women's bracket, I think my favorite mascot might be the James Madison Dukes, which is a dog wearing a crown and a robe. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a great... It's, it's so great, ridiculous. Great that one's, Playing that against one... the Buckeyes, who are also a pretty ridiculous mascot in Ohio State, but we don't like them, so... Let's go Dukes. <laughs> please, please pull the upset, Dukes. Please pull the upset. So uh, in my actual pick, because I do want to give actual, because uh, again, I've spent a lot more time watching the women's game this year than the men's game. Um, I, I have Iowa upsetting Stanford to reach the final four. Uh, I've got South Carolina. Um, I think Connecticut got a pretty easy bracket for them to get to the final four and return, even though they've been battling through everybody on their team getting injured. And Indiana is also one of those weird teams that's good. Um, so I, I see them uh, getting far as well. But I actually am going to go with another Pac-12 team that's been in there and has pulled some upsets is Utah. So I've got South Carolina, Utah, UConn, and Iowa in in my final four for the women's teams. So, and, and that one I actually like, again, have way more knowledge on. I'll be totally wrong on that one. And my men's <laughs> mascots team that I just made up earlier is going to be the one that's better. <laughs> well, we look forward to seeing how disastrous both Can't wait. your brackets and mine are. Sorry to all four of those teams that I just picked. <laughs> you are not going to win the national the championship of death has in the final been, four. Yeah. The kiss of death has been planted. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, and you're welcome to every other team in the women's bracket. So. <laughs> Come on, Katie Meyer, I didn't pick you guys for a reason. Let's upset everybody. <laughs> show them, show them what's up. Well, Chris, as always, a fantastic time filling out brackets. If people want to find you, uh, maybe to criticize or thank you for the picks later on, where can oh. I find you? Oh, man, I'm on Twitter. Um, not doing a lot other than just kind of tweeting at Kevin Clark because we might have had classes with him uh, back <laughs> at Miami, which is cool. But uh, I'm on a Twitter at Chris W. Hayes 6. Pretty creative, I know. And uh, we have a uh, – my mom and I actually have a podcast during the college football season talking about Miami Hurricane football, like we like to call it, Walking On with Chris Hayes featuring Mama Hayes. Uh, we have a lot of fun there. Uh, we keep it pretty light. We're not, we're not like the Canes holes that are usually out there. Um, but man, uh, don't get me too much into the Mario hire right now. He's really got to put together this amazing staff last year. That is the best in college football only for all of them to leave and put together a new staff that is supposedly the best in college football. <laughs> I just can't with Miami football. Sometimes it doesn't make any sense. We win the off season or we talk ourselves into it, but you can find myself and more importantly, mama Hayes there, who is definitely the star of the show. Yes. Love a good mama Hayes. And shout out to her. She does the same thing you do. She gets the newspaper on Monday with the bracket in it from the Sarasota Herald Tribune. And she writes that in the bracket uh, in the paper, doesn't use ESPN or anything, and just sits there with the newspaper and, and watches it uh, and, and keeps it there. So she yes. does the same thing as you, loves doing the paper bracket. Oh, it's, there's something so satisfying about it. It's like the same feeling I get crossing a name, like crossing something off a checklist. Of just crossing it out. In this case, I'm highlighting it if it goes right, or just there's sadly a, weeping if it goes wrong. There's a reason they still have stickers when they do <laughs> when the team advances and they get to put it on, and the team gets yes. so hyped about it because there's just that physical thing. If you had to do what they do, the ES, I'm actually like 
I know this is an audio thing and not a visual thing, but I am <laughs> acting it out. It's when uh, like the anchors and the analysts go up to the big touch screens and try to move them. And my favorite in that is that still to this day that those things don't work right. <laughs> and then they're just like, why isn't this working? Why isn't this working? You know what works? Sticker. And that's why I like your idea. I'm going to do it this year too. I'm just going to print all my brackets so I can follow along and, and write them out that way. We should see if there's a compilation of analysts trying to move teams on a digital it's, screen and failing. Like it, awful it is, announcing or somebody yeah, has to have that. So consistent. So consistent. One other quick question before we head out of here. You have a basketball game tonight that you're playing in. What what are you predicting for the on-court success? We, uh, we seem to win when I'm not there, and we seem <laughs> to lose when I'm there. And... So I'm, I'm guessing since I'm going to be there, uh, I like to say in the baseball terms, I'm due and we're going to get a win, uh, but it hasn't proven so far that way. So uh, might, might be a loss tonight. Um, I, don't, I don't know who we're playing. Oh, we're playing Big Girls Don't Kawhi. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Is your team then, also a pun? No, we're name. just called Blaze. Oh. They, they've been there in the league since, uh, since before 2000. Oh wow! So we're we're an older team, you know. <laughs> Definitely bringing down the average age a little bit. So we'll see how it goes, but we have a good time. It's a, it's a good group of people. We have a lot of fun. We get up and down the court. And what's crazy about being here in Canada in the most Canada way possible? I have played rec flag football, rec softball, and rec basketball, and all three do not have a referee or umpire. It's just all <laughs> self self organized, self run. Everyone does their own thing. and Everyone's really polite about it. There might be like a quick confrontation about something, but everyone just moves on and we keep playing. So uh, it's, it's very Canada and it's, and it's kind of awesome not to like worry about getting into a scuffle during a rec league, which I've, whether my own doing or not my own doing, <laughs> have been a part of. So, you know, good sportsmanship will win out tonight. That's what I can guarantee. Yeah, that sounds very charming. I like that. I like that. Well, Chris Hayes, as always, a fantastic pleasure and best of luck both tonight with basketball and with the March Madness bracket. Joey, I cannot wait uh, to be on your podcast uh, exactly one day. Actually, it'll probably be March 11th. Um, so can't be, cannot wait for March 11th, 2024, uh, to be back on this podcast to not remember anything that we uh, made in picks from the year before, only to uh, make the wrong mistakes again. But hey, I love it. Love it. Always a pleasure. Yes, we are not held accountable for any of our predictions. <laughs> Thank there. goodness. <laughs> but of course, we have to end with a corny joke, as we always do. Do I tell my bear joke? Do I tell my bear joke that I tell every time? Sure, yeah. All right. Again, one of those, the same stories that you get every year, everybody. <laughs> G- Joe, did you hear the joke about the bear? No. That's good, because it's unbearable. <laughs> I love it. Mine is actually also animal-themed. I went, yes. I went for it. more Mascot-themed. More in the sea, though, that... The blue whale is so big that if you laid it end-to-end on a basketball court, the game would be canceled. Get after it today, people. (laughs) Whoa. Good People, Cool Things is produced in Austin, Texas. If you were a fan of this episode, go ahead and hit that follow button. That helps more people hear the show. You can send me a message, joey at goodpeoplecoolthings.com. Thank you to all of the guests who have been on Good People, Cool Things. You can check out all the old episodes via goodpeoplecoolthings.com. As always, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Ooh.